I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Do you know that in 2016, the U.S. video game marketing was at almost $18 billion, Nikki? I, I, did, I did not know that. That is, that is a lot of money. And 65% of American adults are video gamers. Yeah, well, I, I am aware that it is, um, you know, it's uh, video games are not going away. People like gamer, <laughs> ga- no, I mean, a, ga- gamers, I mean, it's a whole, Quite the it's opposite. A whole, yeah, it's a whole culture. I mean, people, yeah. you know, there's like tournaments, there are people that, um, you know, make, uh, make a living actually, you know, it's like, like, yeah. like athletes, right? Like they're, you know, it's, it's like athletes. So today we're going to discuss video games and I, I, I believe, well, Nikki, I mean, do you, <laughs> well, because what? Is it always if there's such a, a negative connotation around video gaming? It, like, do you think like parents are worried about video games, or you know, it's like I used to walk to school barefoot? Like, it's is that like our culture, this generation's you know, cross to bear? Like, what's happening? You know, that's it's interesting because I think I don't I think that this is a generational issue because you know, uh, you know, Pete and I, as we've mentioned many times, I think we're you know, we, we always get upset because we're like, we're not millennials, we're not millennials. We're, you know, we were once called Gen Y, you know, we're, I think the term that I think resonates with this is the Zennials, right? The small window between. I'm an Gen elder and, millennial and I, well, it's it, the same. you like, it's like, yeah. So the other term, it's like the small window between, I'm wise. Uh, well, yes, yes. Between millennials <laughs> and Gen X. And, um, and so I think when we were kids growing up, like our parents' generation, there was a lot of concern because video yeah. games came into into being in in like the you know late seventies, early eighties. So you know like Pong and stuff like that. But I think that now you know like with Gen Gen X, you know people like say in their fifties, right, or yeah. late forties or whatever, and their kids, those folks had video. You know, I don't know, they were more exposed. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think, but not at this level. I mean, it wasn't. You know, it's on. There's you know, how many devices are connected to Wi-Fi in one's household right now in this today's world? But, but I think that's different than video games. So I think like maybe the shift has become like concern about devices, whereas video games, I think, you know, I don't know if there's as much. Well, hold on. Hold on a second. Them. Do you play video games? I do not. <laughs> I mean, I have played them. I mean, I have. But, but I'll Wait. say so again, it's a generational thing. In my house, we yeah. weren't, um, we weren't, because of again, like in the eighties and nineties, uh, we weren't really allowed to have them. Like we didn't have, like we I remember when we got Game Boy. That was like a big deal. We were living on when we were playing Game Boy, and then we had like Did you have whatever Nintendo? to say. Uh, not until I was in high school, and it was like when um, it was like the first James Bond, the 007. Remember that we? But but actually, interestingly, because that we had like the little Sega one that yeah, was like a Game Sega. Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember playing Sonic or whatever, and and we go to friends' houses, and that was. But my parents were like, "You could play whatever, but we're not just we're not going to use it a lot." And because yeah. of that, both my brother and I, neither of us ever really like. Well, the re- the only it. reason I said that my judgment was because that people game on all devices, so it's not just like there's no console needed. Right now, it totally, right. <laughs> so totally right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You're, you reminded me of a show I watched recently on I don't know Hulu or something, and the, the the little girl was like, I think it's called Get Home Before It's Dark Out on Hulu, and the girl that saw a VCR player and she didn't know what it was. Oh my <laughs> and god! She, and then she YouTube how to connect it. So well, of course, now I want to like now, now I'm having the urge to just like reminisce about all the like I mean we. Pete and I are of the generation of Oregon Trail. We, I mean, you, yes, we are. Did you play? I mean, did you play Oregon Trail? It's Oregon like, Trail. That at school. Uh, well, we played Lemonade all... Stand. Remember that? No, <laughs> I don't called... that one. Oh my god, there was one called Lemonade Stand. Which, guess what, guys? Guess what the game was? <laughs> Sell lemonade. That was the <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> 
Someone got paid a lot of money to do that. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. No, as you might imagine, in my house, any games we had were sports. Oh, so, of course. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I will say, and I'll disclose this, that I never really liked video games. I Same, probably I wasn't, that I wasn't good at them, and that's probably why I didn't like them. And it, I have it's good at most things just for everybody listening, so. <laughs> which is true. It's not just that's 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 absolutely true. Very... I felt I found my and looking back, like in hindsight, I, I was I found myself frustrated playing all the time because I couldn't yeah. truly control the <laughs> right. player, you know, because right. it was like this, like, I, you know, your, your your fingers were doing it. And, yeah, and I have yeah. good hand eye coordination, especially for a former <laughs> swimmer, because a lot right. of them don't. But um all right. So I, I was just kind of I started this with this like inclination or this assumption that people negatively look at it today, because I do think when I hear parents talking about their kids in session, they're worried about how much time they're playing with it. Mm-hmm. They're worried if they're learning, if they're losing that interpersonal connection, yeah, sure. the, the social, the sociability of it. Uh, what they're what 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 parents don't realize is that they are socializing during it almost nine times out of ten right now. Right, right. There's like is now uh, there people play like with others across the world, right? All There's over like the place. yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah. So, well, and I think this comes back to like this idea too of like you know you know Pete and I talk about a lot sort of like the simplest way to say it is like the everything in moderation, right? It's right. like right. So if we start by letting go of judgment about it, you know, it's like okay, like this is, this is a, an activity, um, that someone may or may not enjoy if they enjoy it. It's like, okay, well then now let's start to assess. Like, why do you enjoy it? Like how often are you playing it? Like what's the impact? And it's just, you know, from a behavioral lens, like, you know, the function of a behavior is going to vary based on the context. Like is somebody playing, you know, 15 hours a day and, you know, not going outside and not taking care of their home and not interacting with, you know, right. any people. Okay. Well, that's an example of like, we might be curious and say like, that might not be workable. Right. Is somebody, well, but I don't know, but is there somebody playing seven hours a day and they're making, it's a business for them and they're and they're like, you know, a rising star in the gamer world, like, and yeah. they're, and they're really successful and they're feeling really confident. Okay. Well, maybe that's so, that's totally healthy. Right. Well, there you are with your dialectic. Thank yes, you. Yes, Sarah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Nikki, for that. Well, and, and, and there, people often try and make this connection of like the gamer who's playing the shooting games is the one that's coming mm. out to these, you know, uh, you know, mass shootings. And mm. and I don't know if we even have data on that. You know, I, I know um, in 2016, almost 30 percent of all games sold were shooter games, mm. mm-hmm. you know, so like is that impacting? Who knows? Because in, from a behavioral perspective, it's chicken or egg. You know, right. and so sometimes it's that predisposed personality that lends itself towards those shooter games. Right. right. Um, and maybe uh-huh. they would be shooting up anyway. Um, or like, is that shooter game having an impact and form, you know, uh, having impact on the formalizing of that part of the brain? Do well, we know? No, well, I mean, I think that's such a that's such a great point. And, and I think maybe also and, and I, I do know that they study this stuff. I'm just unfortunately not at all familiar with the details of the research. But it's like I think where where there can be a lot of questions and concerns is on like the age of the participant in the games. Right. So it's like, we do know it's like, like young children, you know, we'll look back up brains grow until like mid to late twenties for human beings. Right. So that's, that's actually, most people don't know that it's like, that's a long time for brain development. Well, and with neuroplasticity, it can grow and change until we die. Well, it can change, yes, but like yes. in terms of like like growth. reaching your height, growth right. it it stops growing. Like right. it's it reaches its full like human ma- adult maturity in, in right. your mid to late twenties. Um, so a young brain, like a five year old, a fourteen year old, right? Yeah. Like seeing, you know, especially nowadays, it's like again with Pete and I's generation, like you know, 
you know, we thought it was like Sonic was like really cool. It's like a cartoon, <laughs> right? You know, like, wow, this, these yeah. colors are amazing. It's like now some of these video games, it's like the quality is almost like watching a movie or something. Wow, so or right, better. Or better. So I think like it's, it's knowing the impact of seeing um, extremely detailed, intense imagery that a young brain can't tolerate. And, and actually what's coming to my mind, interestingly enough, which probably do an episode on this, it, it's like what they were trying to study in terms of like the impact of like teenagers access to pornography. Sure. Right. So it's like seeing very intense imagery to, with a brain that might actually not be able to yet effectively tolerate or process it. And so I think that's maybe sometimes the question, like if a six year old yeah. is looking at a very realistic uh, depiction of violence, like yeah. how is that impacting the brain? I think that's an important question to, it's to a, ask. It's a great question. And we just, we don't know because we're we still are learning so much about neurology. Right. It right. comes to my mind is that actually growing up, a, uh, a neighborhood friend of ours had a seizure during Sonic, as you mentioned that one. Oh, you know, because and, of the flashing lights? Because of the uh. flashing lights. And so also like just trying to, there are, not, not we're not trying to scare people as they're listening no. to this or listeners, but that certainly neurologically that these, mm -hmm. this, the, the, the vividness and the clarity in which these devices are displaying, you know, all characters or just the environment mm -hmm. is so real that maybe our brains can't tell the difference. Well, and I think this is, you know, kind of begins to step into um, virtual reality, right? So, like, these ideas of, like, when you're immersed well, that for in folks, a game. Yeah. Well, so, you know, types of of games or, or experiences, and I forget, what's it called? Oculus? Is that the name of it? The one, I, um, I think it's Oculus. Um, I've actually have a friend who, who works in virtual reality. Um, I, sh I should have asked her. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, I think it's called, it's, like, really, like, you wear these, uh, yeah. these lenses. So, well, everyone has seen one of those videos. Yeah. I, I actually love those videos. We have like <laughs> someone's grandparent with those, with the, with the goggles on and they're yeah. like, you know, flipping the TV or the table over or falling. Right. Right. And so it's like, because the brain is then being uh, yeah. immersed in a virtual world. Right? right. And so, you know, like, obviously in some ways that's really, I mean, it can be really fun for people and really interesting. And you can have experiences that could never exist in the physical world yeah. though. You know, I'm a, I'm a real big fan of the show, uh, black mirror. Yeah. Do you watch? Yeah. It's, do you watch black mirror? Pete? No, I don't. Oh, you well, I need you, to. Yeah. It's That's a, my second show you gave me today. I got oh yeah. You. Yeah. So it's on, it's on Netflix. Um, <laughs> I like, I like some, I like weird dystopian novels and shows. I, I don't know why it's weird. Some such a, such like a optimistic Yeah. But we'll go into <laughs> that. Like, we'll go into that at a time. Yeah. But so there are, they, they, there's a lot of um, episodes where they explore sort of like the impact of technology. And there's some yeah. episodes about virtual reality and like what that might mean of like, if we can access those, it's like, there's a lot of like ethical questions too oh God, about, yeah. you know, like, and yeah. some people prefer to be in those worlds than the real world. Well, so it's like, what I'll, does that mean? Well, I'll say to that is I, that's where that's one of the main benefits of video games, because say people with autism have been able to right, practice yes. social skills in a mm -hmm. more safe setting. And so that's definitely one of the benefits. I'll also, I'll, I'll list some others just based on research, uh, mental stimulation, feeling accomplished, uh, social interaction. It can be, again, I think people think mm -hmm. we're isolating, yes. but really it can help to foster emotional resilience, 
Uh, it could be, but but in order to really like use video games towards well-being, there's some strategies which are important, and that means being strategic with video games. So, like Nikki, you said before, having some kind of limits on them uh, is going to be critical. Playing with friends is a big piece mm. of also you know fostering that uh, you know well-being, uh, and then not um, if if you like one of the key things for for parents to maybe look at or for or for kids is like if they're feeling anxious while they're playing, unable to sleep whenever it's disrupting. Mm the sleep or if they're like avoiding social settings that's where maybe you want to like intervene and like mm-hmm. really assess the video game usage mm-hmm. yeah so again so it's, it sounds like you're um really laying out some guidelines to you know as we always recommend here uh it's like starting from a place of like curiosity and just yeah. like really open openly assessing in a non-judgmental way like what's actually happening like get the data about like what is the usage? What is their experience socially? Yeah. Um, and also like, what's the impact? Does the person seem, you know, I would say like, does the, is the person seem like a, a, a better version of themselves? Right? right. Like why we wouldn't want to limit that behavior. Or do right. Cause I was like- the one that was throwing the controller. So <laughs> I mean, if, if, if things are breaking in the room or. Right. I'm just laughing because I'm because it's like I said, it really is true. And I mean, this I one thing I always say, my Pete really is good at most things. Like you're really, <laughs> he really is. He's really good at so many things. <laughs> so we we laugh. <laughs> like you're like, I'm not good at this. I do not like this game. I don't like it. I would oh, only do things little that you're Pete. Good at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's very, yeah. it's very well, adorable. I'm gonna um, just. I, I want to also just share a quick story because one of the things that we're doing now in my research lab is. Uh, so e-games, as Nikki alluded to in the beginning, it's becoming mm-hmm. a, it's a sport. There's actually talk about it being an Olympic sport. Um, yeah. It has become a varsity sport. Uh, there are people who are professionally e-gamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you've ever seen, which I've now been able to see, like some of these, uh, I've, I guess they call them like technology rooms or where there's just mm-hmm. a whole bunch of screens. Um, where oh. you, Yeah. It's pretty in with like these headphones. So you can, yeah. really be pl- you could be gaming in a room with 20 other people, but each wow. on your own screen. Oh, wow. Talk about stimulus overload. Yeah. To, well, for me, at least that would be, but <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, but like, not for everybody. Some people are really skilled in, in navigating well, that. And so one of the things we're doing is we, we teamed up with a, uh, you know, an esports league mm. here in New Jersey. Uh, and, and there's a, a program that they've developed uh, called Epic, which is a social emotional learning and mindfulness based program mm. to help gamers, you know, both develop social emotional learning as well as uh skills towards mindful performance so i think you know and i, I want to make sure we of course bring in some uh eastern mindfulness concepts in this and i'm glad you're saying that i think this is an important example of we can practice mindfulness with literally any behavior so Anything. you know again people love to sort of like buy into the myth that mindfulness is like meditating on a mountaintop, yeah. right? And I'll say like, sure, you can be mindful meditating on a mountaintop. You can also be, my, I say people like, you can mindfully watch television. You can That's mindfully right. pay video games. Like all mindfulness means is paying attention to and experiencing the moment that you're in. That's all it Without is. Without judgment. Without judgment. Right. On per- <laughs> Right. So it's like whatever thing you're doing, Just do you it. can do with awareness and, and, and presence. You know? That's right. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, you know, hoping this was helpful for people. You know, we're just going to break down a little bit about video games. There's good and bad, like Dr. Nikki's favorite thing there, uh, the dialectic. And helpful, uh, helpful and unhelpful, I would say. Help, <laughs> no. Much better. So thank you, for, thank you for breaking that down. But really just recognize, um, are your kids or are you still playing with curiosity? Have you set limits? And are you committed to a healthy way or mindfully playing video games? This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Pete Economo. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. Be present, be brave.
This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Ruman. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.